In uh, the Old Testament, in, in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. <clears throat> the idea of knowledge. We're back to school. I'm not sure what happened to my uh, PowerPoint there. It looks like it's black. Can you see anything up there? Me neither. Okay, maybe it's, I thought my eyes. Maybe I need those glasses. Ah, there it is. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We, we go to extreme uh, efforts to uh, <clears throat> get our children uh, educated. Not having any luck here. I'm going to have to toss this. All right. <clears throat> it's probably this. I'm not sure. So I may have to just go. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> anyway, right there. Stay right there. <clears throat> we send them to school. They went back to school about a month ago. Uh, I'm not sure why they don't wait till September, but they don't. It's like we used to go from September to June, and we'd have the uh, summer off. <clears throat> now we spend half the summer in school, but send them back. Why do we do that? Well, we do that on purpose. We, we want them to uh, show us their report cards. We want to be actively involved in their education. We want them to have a better opportunity than, than we've had. And so we, we make uh, uh, efforts to educate our children because the Old Testament is true. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If there's no knowledge, there's destruction. And so we, we recognize the, the value of a good education. If uh, uh, you think about this, I love this particular... Uh, uh, no, not that one. See if you can move it. I don't know what's happening here. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Can you read that? All right. That's pretty good. That's all right. <clears throat> what's, what's our objective? You know, we look at our children, we look at our grandchildren, it's like, well, do you want them to go to Harvard or do you want to go to heaven? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, which is, which is better? <laughs> and you think about that for just a second. <clears throat> there, is, there is value <clears throat> in a good education but we need to also have this understanding that we need to uh, encourage them to be spiritually minded. It's not just an education. It's not just uh, uh, being a lawyer or a doctor or <clears throat> a preacher. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. It's like you, you, you should be looking to something spiritual. And this particular woman said, my ultimate goal for my children, it's not Harvard, it's heaven. Now, if, if they... Uh, are gifted and they can make it into something like that, well, good for them. But our goal needs to be heaven. And so uh, Paul does this in the book of Romans. A couple of, a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe months now, it's, uh, it's in the recent past, <laughs> which could be anything between now and about 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, it's been, in my mind, it's recent uh, Romans chapter 10, open your Bibles there. It seems to me it was, uh, we, we looked at the passage there in Romans 10 about the beautiful feet. Does that ring any bells? Uh, there was something about that, and I, I started looking at this passage, and I've been studying the book of Romans because of our Wednesday night study. And so this sort of, I, I looked at this again. I looked at chapter 10, and I thought, you know, there's a lot more information in Romans chapter 10. Romans is a wonderful study of, of contrast. Uh, you think about the idea of the righteousness of God. 
and the, uh, uh, the contrast between that and the wickedness of the world. And so Paul says, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for your salvation. He's talking to his brother and his, his Jewish brother, and he says, my, my ultimate goal is your salvation. And as a preacher, that's, that's my ultimate goal. When I speak to people, when I meet people, when I try to encourage you and exhort you, our goal isn't more stuff, isn't a great education, a degree on the wall. It's our goal is heaven. Because when all is said and done, where is that diploma going to be when you're no longer here? Well, it's still going to be on the wall, but it's like, so what? And this idea that, that Paul says, my, my goal, my objective, my heart's desire. I've written in my Bible, years ago I've written, Paul has this burdened heart for the lost. He has this enlarged heart. He has this, this burning heart. He says, this is what I want to see in all people that I come into contact for. He says, I bear them witness, verse 2, that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes, the man who, is, who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks thus. He says, this is a contrast. I want you to think about this idea of, of, of this righteousness of God and the, the, the wickedness of the world, the, the trying to do it our own self. Flip to the next one. Let's see what that one is. <clears throat> we have this contrast in Leviticus chapter 18. So you shall keep my statutes, my judgments, by which a man may live if... He does them. Cursed is the one who does not conform uh, to the words of this law by doing them. And all the people shall say amen. And, and in Galatians chapter 3, For as many as are of works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the law to perform them. Notice the idea that there's, there's something that must be done, and it must be done perfectly. This is righteousness by law, and if you, mis if you misstep, if you make a mistake, if you err in your way, in any, you're guilty of it all. Now, contrast that to what we see in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, he goes on to say about verse 7, says, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now you think about that for just a sec. This contrast between the description of righteousness by law and righteousness by faith. The word is near you. And the word should be 
in your mouth. When you speak, you should speak as it were the oracles of God. You should speak this information. It's not something that you hoard, not something that you keep to yourself. You share it. And when do you do it? Well, Moses would tell uh, the people back in the old law, he'd say, well, when you rise up and when you're walking along and, and you're going through your day, when, when you lie down at night. So while you're awake, <laughs> that's when you should be talking about this. That's righteousness by faith. And he says, I want to see this in you. It's realized in the heart. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, with a heart man believes, and with the mouth he confesses. See, there's something about this righteousness by, by faith. I love, I love the passage that says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Whoever. That includes you. That includes me. That includes people across the sea. That, uh, uh, if there are people in Wyoming, it includes them. In Montana, I think there's four people up there. But it's like, it includes everybody. It includes us all. And it's, it's whoever believes. Hmm. Now there are different kinds of works. There's a confusion with the book of Romans uh, because of this idea of work. And there's, a, there's religions that say, we don't have to do anything, just accept Jesus in your heart and, and then just go about your business. And there's nothing you have to do. There's nothing. You don't have to do anything. And it's like, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. Are there different works that are described in Scripture? Well, there are. When we think about uh, this concept of work, no one was saved with the old law by keeping the works of the law. Think about that. Turn it to the next one. Let's see what that one says. We maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. You see, there was something different about that perfect law. It was perfect, but it didn't provide what was necessary. What was necessary? Well, the perfect sacrifice was necessary, and the law led us to the perfect sacrifice. It was like you take your child or your grandchild by your hand, and, and you lead them where you want them to go. What's that saying? No one's faster than a toddler with something in their mouth. <laughs> it's like, what? what's in your mouth? It's like they're gone. But you take them by the hand, then you can take them where you want them to go. When you get out of the car in the parking lot at Walmart, do you take their hand? You just let them run. Why do you take their hand? Because people can't drive in the parking lot of Walmart. They can't drive. And it's like, uh, you don't want them just running around and you take them by the hand. That's what the law did. But we're not justified by works of the law. And so that's a plain teaching in the Scripture. The law is the gospel, or the, uh, the, the law of Moses, the first five books of, of the Bible. Moses writes this information. And he says no one can be saved. That's what the Old Testament taught us. We can't do it. It's, we can't do it with the bootstrap mentality. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. 
years ago in the United States, so that's what we were known for. Now we're known for free stuff. <laughs> but it was like, boy, years ago it was a different world. It's like you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can do the things that you must do. And, and we worked. And you look at the Old Testament, it says no one is justified by works of the law. So that's one type of work. Then there's work of human merit. Human. How do you say that? Human. Uh, is it with an H or with a U? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I, was ta- I was taught it was silent, <laughs> so I never say the H. <laughs> Too bad for you. But the works of human merit. For, for instance, uh, years ago I would uh, give blood. I couldn't watch while they put the needle in. I'd look away. And I had a little card I carried in my wallet and uh, uh, A positive because I'm positive. And uh, it's, uh, I used to give it, and they were, I forget, they'd, they'd give you different cards, and they'd, you'd say how many pints you gave and all that stuff. Well, when I started doing mission work out of the country, I'd go to these uh, mosquito-infested uh, jungles, <laughs> and people were was like, you can't give blood anymore. It's like, I can't? <laughs> no. But anyway, that's a work that is something that's good. It's, it's providing something uh, good for others, uh, people that have... Uh, been involved in accidents and they've lost uh, a, a lot of blood, they require blood. And so uh, people give blood, and that's a work of, of merit. And it's like, hmm, can we be saved uh, by giving blood? Can we do that? Can we be saved? Is that what the Scripture teaches us? Well, no. Uh, what about I send, I send money? You know, Hurricane uh, Dorian have just ran over uh, the Bahamas out there. If I if I send money to some organization that's working down there with the, the people that have lost everything, is that, is that going to do it? Is that going to help me get to heaven? It's like, well, no, it's not going to save you. It's, it's good. It's nice. I'm glad you do that. If you, if you do, watch out uh, who you give your money to, but uh, that's not going to do it. What about this? I, uh, I'm a pretty good person. You know anybody that says that? I'm, I'm a pretty good person. So, so just being good can, does that get you in heaven? It's like, what if I'm just good all the time? I, when, when, I, when you leave this, uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to say, try to be good. <laughs> Madeline, try to be good. Try. That's right. Try to be good. Is that going to do it? Well, you're not going to get to heaven just trying to be good. And so there's something else. And so Ephesians chapter 2, flip to the next slide. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourself. It's not those good works. It's not giving blood. It's not uh, going on on mission trips down to Honduras or 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 Vanuatu. You give money to the hurricane effort or whatever. It's like, it's not in yourself. You've been saved by grace. Now that's... Why we work. <laughs> and that's the work that God is pleased with. There is works of the law. God says you can't do it by yourself. There's works of merit. And then finally, there's works of God. This works of obedience. Flip it to the next one. <clears throat> this idea of obeying what is told, what we're told. Work is required and approved by God. A couple of passages that confirm this. In John chapter 6, 
Jesus says, work the work of God. He says, this is the work of God. Believe in the one he sent. This idea, we go back to Romans 10, he goes, whoever believes in the one that I sent, whoever believes it. Now, where am I putting my faith? Where am I putting my trust? I'm putting my trust and my faith in the blood of Christ to cleanse me from sin. I'm not doing it myself. We gathered around this table this morning and we're, we reminded each other, we remembered his death, this perfect sacrifice. We believe it. That is the work of God. It's interesting that people are confused about this. Colossians chapter 2 says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That work that God did to bring Jesus back, to animate his dead body, to bring him back from the dead. He does that same thing with us spiritually. He animates our dead body, dead spiritually. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, You are dead in your trespasses and sins. God, through his marvelous work, brings us back to life. Hmm. That is good news. <laughs> that's good news. And that's the work that God is pleased with. And he says, I want you to hear what I'm saying, and I want you to believe what I'm saying, and I want you to obey what I'm telling you to do. That's the work God is pleased with. Am I earning my salvation? Am I pulling myself up by my own bootstraps? No, I'm putting my faith, my entire trust, in the one who can save. And we get back to that whoever word. Next slide says, whoever. God's righteousness is for everyone who believes. Now, in the Jewish mind, there were two people, two kinds of people. There were the Jews and everybody else. We're in the everybody else circle. There's nobody, nobody in the room that's a Jew. In fact, even the Jews today can't even prove they're Jews, but don't get me started on that. But it's like the Jews had this mentality, we're God's chosen people. They were. And there's everybody else. They're not God's chosen people. They were right. <laughs> but he says, whoever believes. Verse 11. No distinction between Jew and Gentile. Praise the Lord for that. Whoever believes. No distinction. Riches, verse 12, for all. The same Lord is Lord of all. Verse 12. He says, here's what I want you to see. All who call on the name of the Lord, all will be saved. Both categories, Jew and Gentile. You call on the name of the Lord. Now, now let's talk about that for a second. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord? Well, that, that should remind you of a passage of Scripture back when Jesus was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. It should stir a memory, something that was taught years ago. And I was like, wait a second, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved? Jesus would say, you said to me, Lord, Lord. Remember that passage, Matthew 7, verse 21? He says, when did we see a sick and when did we see a hungry? When did we see, when did we see all that? 
And he says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord. That's frightening. And we look at that passage and we say, wait a second. There must be something I must do. Turn to the next one. Next slide. Let's look at this. He says, this is what I want you to see. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Oh, you mean I got to look at the whole pass, oh, the whole group of scriptures? I got to look at the, all the all the text, all the Bible, put it all together. I can't just put, cherry pick the the verses I like, because if we just looked at Romans ten, whoever calls the name of the Lord, all I got to do is say Lord. All of a sudden, that eliminates everything else that I have to do. Jesus says, "But you must do the will of the Father." It's important to call on his name. It's important to, to make the, the declaration that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That is the call that God requires. But he says, now I want you to take it to the next step. Do what I ask you to do. Do the will of the Father. Why? <laughs> because you won't make it unless you do. Hmm. Action. Not merely speaking, but action. Jesus would say, Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. (laughs) How do you know your children are uh, are listening to you? How do you know? Hmm. Pretty simple. If they're obeying, they're listening. That's why we have uh, parents. That's why we have children. There's this process where we learn things as parents. We learn things as children. And it's all part of this beautiful plan, this this wonderful uh, plan of God. He says, I want you to learn how to obey your parents so you can learn how to obey me. (laughs) It's pretty simple. Harvard, heaven. (laughs) Which do you prefer? It's like, well, heaven, let's do that first. And he says there's a process. Let's keep reading in Romans chapter 10. Go back to there with me. There's no distinction, verse 12, between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches. For all who call upon him, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now verse 14. How then... Shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Boom! What am I doing here? <laughs> I got, I, there it is. There's a reason I'm here. There's a reason people teach a Bible class. There's a reason that we do this. He says, you must put this information into the hearts and minds of people. Next slide. Look at the next one. He says, this is how it happens. It's good news. Get it? (laughs) Got it? Papa Don goes, yep. Good. That is good. Because without words, without the information... Uh, what, what's that movie? Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> that little Chinaman. Anyway, uh, 
It's a funny movie, but it's like, I don't understand the words coming out of your mouth. Sometimes I look around and I go, am I speaking English? Because I got nothing. I got nothing from you. But it's like, no, you understand these words. Words are vital. The Bible is written. Here's a surprise for you. Here's a shocker. The Bible is written with words. Words have meaning. And those words are going to judge you. Those words have the power to save you. Get it? (laughs) Good. That is the power of the gospel. We must first hear the message and then after it's presented and then respond in obedient faith. We have to listen to what he's asking us for and then do what he tells us. It's a beautiful system. This righteousness is for everyone who believes. Hmm. This message is good news. Now, there's a problem. There's always a problem. (laughs) It's us. (laughs) I've seen the enemy, and it's us. I was just going to blame it on you. Good leadership says, no, 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 it's us. That's the problem. We are the problem. God says, I know I've created you, so I know the problem, and I know there's a solution, but let's look at the problem. Here's the problem. The message has been preached. They must hear it. They must have a preacher. How they preach unless they are sent, just as written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. Don't look at my feet. However, verse 16 They did not all heed the glad tidings. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But I say, surely that they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. God says, it wasn't for lack of information. It wasn't for lack of words. There was plenty of preaching You've had plenty of preaching already this morning. Nobody's listening. Okay, all right, no, okay, okay. All right, you already had plenty. You said, get to the point. All right, here's the point. It wasn't for lack of words. The voice has gone out. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First, Moses says, I'll make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. He says, I'm going to provide this information for whoever, Jew and Gentile. It ticked the Jews off. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who sought me not. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, all day long I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Next one. Now that is a stinging rebuke. That hurts. That's us. On occasion, that's us. Do you know what obstinate means? Don't, okay, all right. Don't bother me with the truth. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what you say. Obstinate. This idea of ignoring 
the message. Did they hear it? Yep. Obstinate literally is ignorance compounded by stubbornness. You're ignorant. You don't have the information. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. No knowledge. And you're stubborn. You're not going to be taught. You know anybody like that? Closed mind. They know everything. It's like <clears throat> obstinate. Paul says that's exactly what happened. He cites Isaiah 28. He cites Joel chapter 2. Ignorant. They heard the message. They missed the point. They, they looked with jealousy at the Gentiles and they said, how dare you bring good news to the Gentiles? They're worthless people. Talk about racist. They hated Gentiles. Loathed them entirely, as the saying goes. The Israelites were obstinate. Ignorance combined with stubbornness. That's the problem. And if we go to the next one, this idea, they had a zeal for God. We read that verse 2. But not according to knowledge. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. Oh, yeah. They were seeking to establish their own righteousness. They didn't submit. No, we have a choice before us. Israel, as a nation, had zeal. That's cool. Being motivated, moving, but it was not according to knowledge. Mm. I wonder about us as the United States, as a nation. Do we have any zeal? No, we do. We're motivated, but is it according to knowledge? Hmm. What is our objective as a nation? Hmm. See, Israel was rebuked for their zeal without knowledge. So then where can we get this information? Go to the next one, Brad. This is where we get it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is where it comes from. Verse 17, you should have that memorized. You should memorize this verse. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Where does faith come from? From hearing the Word of God. Where does faith come from? From hearing the Word of God. I have to repeat it seven times before you memorize it. No, I don't know. But it's like, that's where it comes from. You're not going to be wandering around aimlessly in the garden or driving down the road, and all of a sudden faith's going to overcome you. Wash over you. No. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. One of the reasons you're here this morning is so you can hear the Word of God. So your faith can grow. Righteousness does not come by, by our own good works. It doesn't come by obeying the law of Moses. Righteousness comes by a belief that Jesus died for our sins. His perfect sacrifice satisfied the wrath of God. And we have an opportunity to take advantage of that free gift. Where did we get that information? Faith 
comes from hearing the Word of God. Aha. Israel, in spite of all the evidence, stubbornly resisted the truth. Go to the next one. I don't know if you can read all those little words. We're either in the process of resisting God's truth or in the process of being shaped and molded by His truth. I don't agree with a lot of His doctrine, this particular character, but I agree with that. That's an impressive statement. One or the other, those are our choices. We are either resisting and being obstinate or... It's shaping and molding us. You see, we get to choose. That old parable of the potter and the clay. Is that you, Lord? Time's up. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right, anyway. I got another couple pages. No, I'm just kidding. Chester, easy. All right. But this idea of resisting or being shaped and molded. That potter in the clay, he works that clay and he makes it into whatever he wants. God does that with you. He says, I see something there. I want to make something out of this, something useful for my kingdom, something for my glory. And he shapes you and molds you. And sometimes it's fervent heat of the furnace. Ugh. I don't like those days, do you? Ugh. And then he says, I'll put you to work in my kingdom. Contrary to popular belief, we're not waiting for some kingdom. We're part of some kingdom. Are you being shaped and molded? Or are you resisting? The choice is yours. Make a wise choice. You need to make something known publicly. Do so now while together we 